All right. Well, woo. All right. The voice of the Lord speaks to you today. No, we're very, very glad to, uh, glad to have you here this morning. It's a uh, wonderful morning. Good, good to be in the house of the Lord. And uh, glad to see folks here. We were having everybody on the corners and nobody in the middle. And now folks are kind of shifting back in the middle here. So I uh, doesn't mind. Well, you sit as long as you're here. I'm glad that you're here. Uh, a couple of um, quick announcements. Uh, next Sunday is going to be a big Sunday. Um, it's going to be our, our children dedication Sunday. And so I know we've got at least six. If if I get my daughter who's not here today, I'm going to call her real quick and find out why she's not here. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. But um, next Sunday I might. But she should be here. So we may have seven or more. Uh, we've got a neat uh, little gift I thought was a great idea that uh, Josh and them came up with. So that's our dedication. And Josh will be bringing the message next Sunday. So don't use that as a reason to stay home. Y'all come on and, uh, no, y'all come on here. He's going to do a great job. He, uh, themed idea of, uh, you know, um, the, the children's dedication. And so uh, it's going to be a special Sunday next Sunday. And if you... <clears throat> If you have a child or, or, or a grandchild that you would like to get involved in this, it's not a baby dedication. It don't have to be a baby. Uh, you can be a child of any age. If you can drag your teenager up here, that's not going to happen, I'm telling you. But if you, if you whatever age, uh, we're glad to do that. But Josh needs to know. He needs to know so that he can and be prepared. So um, he needs a name of the, the parents and the, and the child and all that. So. Next Sunday, that this Wednesday, we start back with Wednesday night prayer meeting here at church. We haven't done this now since uh, last summer or sometime, I think. We haven't had a meal on Wednesday night since last March when we stopped doing it. So we're going to we'll we'll we will have a meal now. It'll be a little different. We serve it out of the window. Each plate individually will serve rather than putting it all out on the table for you to go by and breathe on and all that stuff. We we don't, we don't want to do that. We're we're in a uh, well, we'll have masks and everything, and we'll serve it out. By the way, those uh, cooking teams, people on the uh, the uh, food committee, we need to meet real quick after church and make sure and get an idea. We're going to keep doing this probably a couple of times a month, um, phase back in our Wednesday night meals. So come on at 545. It's uh, it's $3, and really, as we've, as we've gone through this, you can't get a meal for $3 like we serve here on Wednesday nights. Um, it's good. It's a wonderful meal. Great uh, desserts. It's, it's uh, uh, something you really want to be part of. Uh, now, Josh will be, we'll have youth going on on Wednesday nights, and so he can't be in two places. He can't be up working with the youth, and then if we have some children come. So if you'd be willing to um, maybe work with something to help out on a Wednesday night if we have some, some children, some parents that come bring their kids, just just talk to him and see what, what he could use, what, what could be done uh, in that area. Um, uh, going through here. All right. Uh, well, like I said, we blew away our Annie Armstrong Nation offering, and that was a wonderful thing. And so uh, we're just going to pray and, and get on with uh, service. Josh, did I miss anything? Because... You got because you keep up with everything. In fact, yeah, yeah, very good. James, anything? Okay, all right, very good. I knew I didn't, but I just asked anyway. So, that, uh, 
But uh, I'm so glad that you're here. It's just it's just a joy. We do want to pray. Um, just uh, I'm I'm just feeling led to pray for uh, Mr. Uh, James Pilgrim today as he's dealing with some uh, health issues, some some pretty serious health issues. And then Patsy's uh, mom is uh, back in the hospital dealing with some heart issues, right? And, and so she's requested prayer. And so um, just so we're going to be praying for everybody, but those two specifically were requested and on my heart today. So as we pray, I want you to keep uh, uh, keep these folks in mind. I know you told me her name, but I, her name is Pat. Okay, Pat. All right, well, let's, let's pray. Well, it's great to sit with the Father. We're so thankful to be in your house today. What a, what a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. What a joy to be in the house of the Lord. And uh, we want to pray uh, for all those who are not able to join us. Many are joining us on Facebook because they, they can't be here. And, and I'm so thankful for those that are willing to do that. We miss them. Look forward and pray that they'll have the opportunity to be here. But there are many that are sick. There are many that are homebound. I want to pray specifically for our brother James Pilgrim and dealing with the health issues that he's dealing with. Lord, he just needs, he needs healing from you. He needs strength from you. Uh, I just pray for wisdom for his doctors as they, as they deal with these things going on in his life. And uh, I just pray for him. It's got to be scary and, and a bit discouraging to go through this. And I just pray you'll comfort him and give him the peace that only you can during this time. And for Patty, she goes back in the hospital. And, and for Patsy, being so far away from her mom and not being there for her. I uh, just pray for healing for, for Pat and uh, strength for her as she goes through this ordeal with her heart. The doctors will figure things out. She got to go home once, but ended up back in the hospital. I pray that she'll get to go home again and, and uh, will be stronger and, and uh, not have to go back in. Bless our service today, Lord. Let us feel your presence. Let us feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place today. And uh, just receive our praises, receive our songs of praise, receive our gifts and tithes of praise. Uh, educate us as we study your scripture. Give us wisdom. We love you and we thank you for this place and this time today to worship you. It's the rest of my pray. Amen. Right, would you stand please? Let's stand. Now these showers of blessing, this is the promise of love. There shall be seasons refreshing, sing from the Savior above. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we Showers of blessing, precious reviving again. Over the hills and valleys, sound of abundance of rain. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers. Shall be showers of blessing. Oh, that you did my fall. Now, as you God, we're confessing. 
When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, one glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still, and with all who will trust.
Miss Mary's going to take uh, kids for Children's Church, third grade, and uh, if you want to go on back there, you can follow Miss Mary, and she will go back there. Uh, she'll take you back there. Um, couple announcements. I did make today's flowers in memory of Miss uh, Rosie Doherty, a long-time member here, passed away uh, recently. And uh, there will be a bridal shower today for... Kaylee Penner, can't believe I missed that. Eddie thinks he's he's getting her off his payroll, but uh, he's just adding his son-in-law to the payroll, so that's just how it goes. I'm sorry, man, but so it is. Um, we started last week talking about um, where we're going to go and, and, and what we're going to do and, and getting a, a vision and what's next. We, we talked last week about... Um, First, you got to take your spiritual temperature. God will never use a church that's, uh, that's lukewarm. God will never use a church that's just not fired up, that doesn't have that, that spirit within them that, that drives them to, to serve him. And so um, we're going to continue for the next few weeks uh, talking a little bit about vision. What is a vision? What is your vision for your ministry? What is a vision for the church? And, you know, what's, what's, what's a great church? There are big churches or small churches. So I'm like a country church. I'm like a city church. I um, I mean, I think of Coldwater as a, I don't think of it as a, as a country church. I think of it as a small town church uh, because, I mean, we've, we've, we've been to country churches before, and it's sweet. It's where many maybe maybe grow up in a church right in the country. Many of you, your call to worship was, y'all, come on in now. We're going to get started. Or the preacher would say, uh, I would like Bubba to say the prayer, and like eight men stood up to, uh, to pray. Uh, maybe your church, the opening day of deer hunting season, was recognized as an official church holiday. Josh would like it. He's been petitioning me to do that for, uh, for our church. But uh, you know, a real country church, when, when you hear the story of the, the Jesus feeding the 5,000 with the fish and, and the loaves of bread, you start thinking about the fish and you wonder, was that a bass or catfish he used uh, to feed those 5,000? That's what you get in a, in a church. But it's all about whether it's a small country church, uh, a small town church, a big, a big city church. It's all about recognizing. It's all about seeing. It's all about seeing with, with, with God's eyes, with his vision, which is different from our vision. Um, Sherlock Holmes and, and, and Watson, you know, Sherlock Holmes, great detective, they were camping one night. In the middle of the night, Sherlock Holmes, he woke up, he looked up at, at the stars, and he said, Watson, what do you see? Woke up from his sleep, Watson looked up and said, I see stars. He said, yes, but what do those stars tell you? And uh, Watson said, cosmologically, they tell me that we're a part of a large universe, that we're one of billions and billions of planets. Theologically, they tell me that we have a great God who made all of it. Meteorologically. <laughs> Weather-wise, they, uh, they tell me the sky is clear and we're going to have good weather tomorrow. Temporarily, they tell me uh, that it's the middle of the night and we ought to be sleeping. 
So Sherlock, what did they tell you? Sherlock, in his wisdom, looks around and says, Well, they tell me that somebody stole our tent. So, But, you know, our vision and what we see is all based on, I mean, you've heard the, the, the saying, can't see the forest for the trees. We, we miss out on the, on the big picture for the little bitty things that get in our way. So um, the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Um, where there is no vision, churches fail. Like I've told you before, it's never God's desire that churches fail. It's never God's desire that a church should shut their doors. It is, it is his people come together to fellowship. And he never wants to see that, that happen. But it does. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Um, and I want to give you another verse. Hebrews 11, 7 through 10. This is a blueprint for, uh, for a declaration of faith. This is something that we need if we're going to have a, a clear vision of the church. It says, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness. It comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. I'm asking, what is your vision? What is your vision for your life? What is your vision for, for what God is calling you to do? What is your vision? What do you think the vision for the church is? In, in terms of uh, churches, uh, vision, there are three different types of churches. We're talking about the way churches look at things, a vision of the things. There are three different types of churches. There's first, there's the rearview mirror church. The undertaking church is always looking backwards, always remembering the good old days. And, you know, many churches nowadays have days 20 years ago, 30 years ago, that were better than today. Their, their numbers were up, they had better attendance, those kind of things. Church was more important in people's lives. Um, schools planned around churches they didn't they didn't have a ball game championship games i know my my nephews always played competitive baseball and the championship game was always on sunday and that didn't happen you know 20 years ago 30 years ago whatever it was but but people looking back at the good old days but they miss what is happening today because they're too busy looking back at yesterday and everything that went on decisions in this in this kind of church are always based on what generation they grew up with in the past and what they feel comfortable with. Psalm 137.1 says, By the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept when we remembered Zion, uh, the people of Israel. They sat and they wept because of what they missed after they had been uh, taken away by the Babylonians into uh, captivity. And, and they wept for that. Children of Israel missed that God was doing something new in their lives. He was going to restore them. He was going to bring them back. There was going to be a future but they were too busy crying about the past. God was doing a new thing, but they didn't understand it. They didn't see, they saw the captivity as an end instead of a beginning, something new that God was doing in the lives of the people of Israel. So, poor eyes limit your sight. Poor vision limits God's work. Helen Keller was once asked, what would be worse than being born blind? And she said, having sight without vision. 
Heaviside with no, no vision, no, um, not being able to see what God wants us to do. You know, the eagle and the vulture, they fly in the sky, but they have different visions. The vulture just sees riding meat because that's what he's looking for. That's all he's looking for because that's what, that's what he lives off of. They thrive on that diet. But the eagle soars high and sees the beauty of the earth. The vulture lives on what was. Um, they live on the past. They fill themselves with what is dead and gone. But eagles live on what is. They seek new life. Each bird finds what it's looking for. The, um, the eagle finds life. The bird finds, the vulture finds just death. What kind of bird are you? Folks, well, we can learn from the past, and we should learn from the past. You can't live there. Too many churches are spending their time and their resources lamenting the past when they should be adapting the future. Um, Amazing Grace was a new song at one time. There was some time a music minister got up and said, folks, let's sing Amazing Grace. And somebody out in the congregation said, why do we have to sing those new contemporary songs? I like those old hymns. It, every song was a new song. At some point, um, honor the past, learn from the past, but use current methods to reach other people. Um, there's nothing wrong with, with the past in many churches and, and certainly celebrating what God has done in the life of the church, but it's just like if I'm looking behind me, which I can't do because I can't really turn my neck that well, but uh, if I'm walking and I'm looking behind I can barely look forward and walk straight, but if I'm walking and I'm looking behind me, I'm going to fall. It's the same way with the church. If we're going forward and we're looking behind us all the time, we're going to fall. We're going to fall. We're not going to go forward the way that God wants us to. So, uh, so that's the first church, the, the, the rearview mirror church. The second kind of church is the maintenance mode church. It's just looking at, looking at the present, looking at things going on here, only the present. The caretaking church, the maintenance church, is always concerned about pressing issues. And there's always pressing issues in this church. Um, I mean, ask Mike Brooks. He's up here dealing with uh, pressing issues every single day. Ask Danny. They're calling him. If they're not calling Mike, they're calling Danny. Say, hey, Danny, we got a toilet broke. Hey, Danny, there's a, there's a stain somewhere. We need you to come get this. I mean, there's always pressing issues going on at the church. And it seems to always be in maintenance mode, just trying to keep its head above the water. Decisions in this kind of church are always based on immediate assets, what they have available. The number one question that people ask is, do we have the money now to support this? Do we have the money now to support this? The number one question isn't, is this what God wants us to do? What is God going to do through this? Uh, if we step out on faith... Um, what does God want to do? Our, the number one question in maintenance of church churches, can we afford it at this very moment? Now, we've done well, and we've been blessed with wonderful tithers, and we have, we have a good amount set aside in, in our uh, uh, checking account, and that's a blessing. That's a blessing, because I know many churches, the last one I served at, it was offering to offering. I mean, it was offering to offering. There was nothing set aside. And so, I, I'm, you know, I'm not advocating uh, foolishness within our, uh, within our financial aspect. But the number one thing, if God's leading us to do something, shouldn't necessarily be, well, how much money is it going to cost? Because we've got a God who's got owns everything. And so for us to be afraid that if God's leading us this direction and he's not going to take care of it financially, 
it just shows a, it shows a fear and a lack of, uh, of faith. So 15, Matthew 15, uh, and 32 and 33, uh, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They've already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. He's been ministering. He's been preaching. People have been with him. They're out in the wilderness. They don't have anything to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. His disciples answered, where can we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? The first word was, where are we going to get it? We don't have enough money to pay for food for all these people. Jesus said, feed the people. And their first thought was, we can't afford to feed the people. And that's a practical thought. But once again, they're, they're totally discounting the faith. That if Jesus said to do it, he's going to make it happen. A caretaking church is, church is realistic and comfortable. Folks, as long as services are good, needs are reasonably met, the people are reasonably happy, all is reasonably well, then they're good. Everything's, everything's okay, so we're good. But the problem with that is that's walking by sight, not by faith. The Bible doesn't tell us to walk by sight, not by faith. You've got to twist it around. The Bible tells us to walk by faith, not by sight. Walk by faith in, in our Heavenly Father that's going to take care of us. Not just walk by what we can see in this world because <clears throat> we can't see what God sees. We don't have that ability. We have to trust in these things. Jesus wants to feed the crowd been, that's been following them, but there's no bread. But that same Jesus managed to feed the 5,000 people because he had the compassion. That same Jesus had compassion for those people. Five, you know, 5,000 people couple thousand years ago, and, and he, actually twice he fed thousands of people um, in, in the scriptures. That's the same Jesus that cares about the people of cold water Mississippi and wants to see them saved. That's the same Jesus that will find a way for us to uh, maybe not physically feed everybody, but spiritually feed everybody. And back when we were, um, uh, you know, when we had our food pantry going, we were feeding people physically also as well as spiritually. So, God has provided for us, and he always will. Theodore Roosevelt said, No man is worth his salt who's not ready at all times to risk his well-being, to risk his body, to risk his life in a great cause. Is there a greater cause in the kingdom of heaven? Is there a greater cause than what God has called us to do here on this earth? Is there a greater cause for the church than going forward and winning souls? No. Walk by faith, not by sight. Third church is a visionary church. The, the, the church that is, is established, <clears throat> this is what God is calling us to do. This is what we're going to do. <clears throat> the visionary church meets the needs of the present and is always looking forward. The church believes the best is yet to come. Um, too many times, like I said, we fall into that rearview mirror church. We think, well, the best has already happened here at Goldwater. We'll probably never get there again. Well, if that's our attitude, we will never get there again. We have to look forward and say, God's not done with us. God's not finished. He still wants to pour his blessings out on us. He still wants to bring people. He still wants to see people saved. And he wants it to happen right here at 465 Central Avenue. That's our address. Isn't that right? I think that's right. I was pretty sure it was. But uh, um, numbers are, are not my strong point. So, um uh, yeah, mm, it's bad. But he, he wants the visionary church to invest all they have today so they can be what God wants them to be tomorrow. 
And I don't mean that we need to take every cent we've got in the checking account and spend today. I'm just saying that we invest today in things that we may say, well, I don't money. I mean, I can't wait till our, uh, our next uh, finance committee meeting and we look at Josh's expenditures for uh, since he's been here. Uh, but he's going forward. He has a vision for the youth. And um, he's doing what needs to be done. The Visionary Church trains people to be leaders for tomorrow. And that's where I, I believe that I personally have been failing here. I'm not training the people to be the leaders for tomorrow. The Visionary Church seeks to be relevant today and works with methods to, to meet the needs not only of the people today, but to meet the needs of the people in the future. The Visionary Church realizes that if we're not falling at sometimes, if we're not failing at sometimes, we're not trying. If we want to be a church that moves forward with vision, we're going to fail sometimes. Not everything we try is going to work. And we can't look at it and go, well, we spent money to do that. And um, it didn't work, so we just need to not spend any more money. No, we're, things are going to happen. We're going to have a great idea, and we think it's going to, and the people are just not going to respond to it. But that doesn't mean we stop and we just give up. We just keep praying. We keep looking. We keep looking for that next idea that God's going to give us. And, and I'm not saying if we have an idea and it fails, it was God. You know, God didn't tell us to do it. Sometimes the people out there just don't respond. Sometimes they don't. But that doesn't mean that we stop. We keep going, we keep going, we keep going. I mean, how did the people respond to Jesus? At first, they were all about it. And then he said, no, you have to sacrifice. And they said, whoa, no. And all of a sudden, they turned their back on him pretty quick on that. He said, no, 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 we're not sacrificing anything. Um, so it... Just because we've had a visionary church realizes that if we're going to go forward, sometimes there's going to be a failure once or twice. But if God's blessing us, we're going to be successful more than we're going to be more than we're going to fail. Jonas Salk attempted 200 unsuccessful vaccines for polio before he came up with one that worked. Somebody asked him one time. They said, "How did it feel to fail 200 times to invent a vaccine for polio?" This was his response. He said, I never failed 200 times at anything in my life. My family taught me never to use that word. He said, I simply discovered 200 ways how not to make a vaccine for polio. He kept a positive attitude. So as, as we bring this to a close, we've got three different churches. We've got the visionary church. You know, we've got the, the, the maintenance church. Just keeping things going. Just keeping the head above water and keeping everybody happy. We've got the rearview mirror church. How much vision... Do we have for the Lord's work? I mean, that's smart. That's our question. A blind man's world is bound by the limits of, of his touch. And an ignorant man's world is bound by the limits of his knowledge. A great man's world by the limits of his vision. He's not, he's not bound by anything but, but what he can see and feel in his vision in this world. Listen to this. By faith, Noah went and built an ark. Think about it. He invested everything he had in something that made no sense. He built a giant boat that took 120 years, and it had never rained. And yet he built that. By faith he did this. Can you imagine building an ark? I can't imagine building an ark. I mean, if you'd seen my, um, what are those little racers called when you, were in, uh, when you were in Boy Scouts, and you built these little race cars that you would, yeah, mom, uh, ugly, they were bad. Um, so if I had to build an ark, 
well, we would pretty much all be dead. There would be no God. God would have had to start all over again because I'm just not. But there's Moses. And by the way, he had built an ark before because they never needed an ark before. He totally went with what God told him to do, and God laid it out for him, told him what he needed to do and how long it was going to take. And, and he just did it. Um, Noah's vision was based on what he'd been told by God. By faith, Abraham left his home. Though he was living in a tent, he saw the future city that God was going to develop. He saw the future kingdom that, that God had promised him. Uh, he believed God and he based his life on the vision. Jesus was a visionary. He entrusted the salvation to eight weak, frightened men. He trusted them to go out and do what he called them to do. Through God's power and vision, they changed the world. Instead of looking at the past or trusting in the present, they saw God's future. And they boldly went forward to make it happen. A vision without a task is a dream. If you just have a vision, but there's no, there's no task behind it, there's no job to do, that's just a dream. A task without a vision is drudgery. If you just give people a job and you don't give them a vision for, for why they're doing this job, well, they don't want to do it. It gets old. It gets boring. A vision and a task put together is hope for the world. And it inspires people. So real quick, these are the last few um, last few pages as we go. I want you to think about this. Vision includes faith to believe. A vision includes a faith to believe. Fifth grade Sunday school class was asked to go home and count the stars up in the sky. They came back and they got various numbers. Some kids said 100, some kids said 1,000, some said a million. Finally, the teacher asked well, a little boy, how many stars did you, did you count? And he said, uh, three. And she said, you only saw three stars in your backyard? He said, huh? I guess we just have a small backyard. But that's a problem, folks. Too many churches have a small backyard. There are literally millions of souls out there waiting to be saved. There are literally millions of people. And I, and I, I, I I'm just admitting this, but, but I was, this is the first time I've ever watched this dumb show called The Bachelor. And um, it is so, oh gosh, it is so, it is so. But there's this girl in there, that, and she used the word literally all the time. She'd be like, I'm literally shaking. And I was like, no, you're not. Don't, you're, you're not shaking. If you, were li if you were literally shaking, you would be shaking. So I don't like to use the word literally because most of the time we say that and, and we don't mean it. But there are actually, literally, millions of souls out there just waiting for someone to have a vision to go and reach them. But sometimes our backyard is just too small. We just don't see them. A vision has to include a faith to believe. <clears throat> a vision includes courage to do. Vision is the ability to see what others can't. Faith to believe what others will not. And courage to do what others say can't be done. Anybody can start the race, but guess what? You don't get a prize if you finish the race. Although in our society today, you get a prize for anything. But, but in real life, real world, you've got to finish a race to get something. If you just start it and you quit halfway through, you don't get anything. You've got to finish the race. You've got to do what you're called to do. Becoming discouraged out following through God's work is usually not due to a, an absence of things or a lack of money. When the church usually doesn't 
doesn't finish what God is calling to do when the people of the church doesn't. It's because we lack a clear vision in our church of what we're being called to do, of what we're supposed to do. Thirdly, vision fights through the obstacles, and I noticed here that my spell check did not capture that I misspelled the word obstacles. So, um, uh, vision fights through the obstacles of fear and a lack of resources. Vision fights through the fear. Because there's fear. Because Satan is telling us, you can't do this. It's going to cost money. You're going to fail. Somebody in church is not going to like it. They're going to get mad and leave the church because you do this. Uh, they're going to, Satan is trying to scare us all sorts of different ways. And we've got to push past the fear. Paul Harvey tells this story. One summer morning, Ray Blankenship was eating breakfast. He looked out the window and he saw a small girl being swept along in a rain-flooded drainage ditch behind his end over at Ohio home. Blankenship knew that further downstream, the ditch shifted into a main culvert. He rushed out the door. He raced along the ditch trying to get ahead of the little girl. And then he jumps in. He hurls himself into the deep water. As he surfaced, he was able to grab the child's arm. He doubled in over in. <clears throat> Within about three feet of the deep culvert, his, his hand felt something. Possibly it was a rock, but he, he was able to grab hold of something. And... Um, he clung desperately there, but the tremendous force of the water tried to tear him and the child away. And he thought, if I can just hang on while help comes, I'll be okay. But he did better than that. By the time the fire department got there and the rescuers arrived, Blankenship had pulled the little girl out of the water into safety. Both were treated for shock. And on April 12, 1989, Ray Blankenship was awarded the Coast Guard Silver Life Saving Medal. The award's fitting for the selfless person because he was the even greater risk, because know this. Rick Blankenship ran along, and he jumped in that water to save that girl. He couldn't swim. He never swam a day in his life. But he jumped in because he overcame the fear. He saw what needed to be done. He saw the task. He saw there was someone that needed to be saved, and he jumped in the deep end. He did what needed to be done. He overcame the fear. The courage of vision is to say, Lord, if that is you, let me come walk into your own water. That's what Peter said. The courage of vision is to say, as for me and my house, we will see, serve the Lord. The courage of vision is to say, if God is for us, who can be against us? The courage of vision is to say, the trials of this life are not worthy to be compared to the glories of the next life. That's what courage is. The vision to see the unseen. You have to get it. ignore what people say. You got to disregard what the world says. Resist the temptation to be guided by man's ability. The world tells us we've got to walk by sight, not by faith. And we're foolish to walk by faith. Our vision has to be spirit-born, spirit-fed, and spirit-led to accomplish anything in our lives. So we're going to talk some more about that because um, we've really been discussing what's our vision statement, what's our mission statement, what, what is our vision here at this church? What do we want to accomplish? Where do we want to go? We've taken our spiritual temperature. We've talked about what kind of church we need to be. We need to be a visionary church. We need to be moving forward. We need to take care of things. We need to honor and recognize the past. We need to have a vision for going forward. So, what is it? Where do we go? We'll keep talking about this. Not next week. Next week will be our, our parental dedication. And so we want you to come and be a part of that. Wednesday night, in case you can't be here Wednesday night, you want to tune in to the... Um, uh, the, the Facebook will start about 6.15. Well, dinner at 545, Bible study will start about 6.15. I hope you'll be able to join us. If you don't come in, come on to Bible study at 6.15. That'll be fine. But, but um, 
There has where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, doesn't necessarily mean that we die, but spiritually, and and life in this church, it perishes, it falls away. Like I said, you would be shocked at the number of churches that close their doors every year. Thousands upon thousands of churches close their door every year. And so many of them, it's a lack of vision. It's a lack of, of a purpose from God. Something to give to the people so they felt like they're accomplishing the things that God wants us to accomplish in this church. And that's what we're going to seek to do, certainly, over the, the, the next several weeks as we think about what's next in this church. And so... As we go, as we go down, we'll have a we'll have a time of invitation, and I would invite you to know and, and say and think about. Um, we baptized four folks up here last week, and every one of them come to me to tell me that they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Have you done that? Do you know without a doubt that if something happened to you today that you would? I I was talking about um, this funeral I was at doing yesterday memorial service for for Burt Rogers, my old Sunday school teacher. You start feeling old when your Sunday school teachers and preachers start, start uh, passing away. You're like, holy cow, I'm getting old. But I said, when he closed his eyes on this earth, you know, I, I don't know exactly. But when he opened his eyes in heaven, there was his Savior to greet him. Can you say that? I know that that's going to happen to me. I know that when I close my eyes in death on this, on this world, if Jesus doesn't come back first, I know that they'll be open in heaven with my Savior. Welcome me into eternal glory. Can you say that? Can you feel that? Do you know that? Have you experienced that? Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? You can come on now and do that. Have you followed Miller's baptism? Would you be interested in joining uh, this church? Maybe you're looking for a church home where you can serve. Maybe you just want to pray. Maybe we'll come to the altar. You can come to the, the steps and, and just pray on your own. And you don't have to talk to me at all if you don't want to. Um... But I'll be up here. Josh will be up here if you feel comfortable uh, talking to, to, to Josh. Uh, whatever. We'll be up here and we'll be ready. Um, if I have my mask, you would prefer that I, that I have the mask. Everybody seems to be pretty good with this now. But if you would prefer that I, I have the mask, I'll do that. Just to make sure that you feel safe talking to me. Let's pray and we'll have our, our time of invitation. Most gracious Heavenly Father. We just want to pray that we would be a visionary church. We'd be a church that catch, catches the passion of what you want us to do, the vision of where you want us to go. Now, I pray, Lord, now in this time of invitation, if there's anybody that has anything upon their heart, salvation, baptism, church membership, just, just want to pray about something that's going on in their life, let them come forward. Give them the courage to come forward and... Um, and take care of whatever business needs to be taken care of. This is Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you stand, please? Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble
started in uh, in church it is a, it is a wedding shower so today at two o'clock for for Kaylee so uh come on join us Wednesday night and cooking teams if we can meet just right in the Sunday school classroom real quick right after uh Thanksgiving here make sure we're um ready to go then that'll be wonderful thank you so much for being here uh Josh if you close us in prayer then we'll be dismissed